What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. Um, I know for those who are new, you're, there's probably going to be some new people listening to this episode because you saw the title and you're wondering, should you cancel me, report me, and do all those crazy things? But stay to the end, you know? It, it, it won't be a long episode, but I wanted to stir the pot just a tad um, to talk about something I want to do for the longest. So as you guys know, I mentioned I'm in nursing school, extremely busy, trying to promote the book. If you have not pre-ordered a book, what are you doing? Pre-order the book. The link is in the description box. Every video, get the book. Buy the book for a friend. Anywho, um, so I wanted you guys to understand that I'm extremely busy with nursing school, and I wanted to give this episode so much more, mm, you know, like so, so much more fervor in that. Oh, I got a cologne stain on my shirt. Not sure what's going on there. Anywho, but you guys, I've been talking about fake love. The first week was just talking about less. The next one was talking, um, I can't remember what the second episode was on, but I know you guys were tuning on for the live channels. One was fake love, um, less and fake love, pornography. And now we're talking about homosexuality because we know this is a thing, right? There are a lot of people that are homosexuals in the church, a lot of people who are homosexuals that were raised in the church, people that that um, love God, people that love the church and do all these things, but you know they have this struggle. Um, there are a lot of people who want to honor God, but they're tempted by the same sex, you know? And I think it's a, something that the church, we we have not always answered properly. And this is one of the things that I want to talk about in the book as well. So when you get the book, you'll see a little bit more in depth on this. But it's so easy for us to, when we don't have this struggle, to look down on those people or to make it seem like they're less than Christians or um, it's so easy for you, who you may be struggling that's listening to this episode, and you've always felt as though God doesn't love you. Um, why did God give me these desires if I shouldn't have them? X, Y, Z. I know a lot of those are questions that you do have. So at, obviously, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love if you get five stars. But for those of you who will be watching this from YouTube, I want you to engage in the comment sections and obviously keep it respectful because we do know you got those overly spiritual people that condemn everybody to hell but themselves, you know? So let's be respectful because I know there's going to be some people commenting that have these issues. I know people who struggle with this in the church and plenty of people have reached out to us for episodes like this. We had a guest that was supposed to come on. Um, he's now married, but he struggled with this in his past. You know, he told me he would be a guest and then, you know, he backed out. And I understand. I respect it. Wasn't any offense to that. But I want to talk about this because I believe it's really a sensitive subject, but not because... No one wants to talk about it, but I think it's a sensitive subject because everyone acts like homosexuality is the only sin. So let me start that off there. I believe homosexuality is a sin. But a problem is in the church, many people pretend that God is okay with the, the, the preacher who's sleeping with half the church, but he has a problem with the homosexual in the church. We have a, we, the thing is, the reason why homosexuals, they hate the church is because they knew of all the drummers and keyboard players that slept with all the girls in the youth group. But no one told him he had to get out of ministry. But this guy who had a same-sex attraction, he had to get sat down. And many of you know you've seen it before. And a lot of ladies who, you know, they're going through their thing and, you know, they're attracted to a woman and they're confused. And they're looking at it like, well, this seems natural to me. It seems more natural than me trying to date a guy. And everyone ostracized them. And no one wanted to invite them out to any more events because that's the person, you know, with the scarlet letter. We label them and we make them feel as though... God doesn't have a plan for their life because of a struggle they have in their life. And a lot of you who are fully in that lifestyle, you may say, this is not my struggle. This is my identity. I want to stop you before you even continue in this video. Your identity is not your sexuality. That's the problem with this world today. And that's why the church is viewed as bigots, 
haters and all those things because you've equated what you choose to be interested in. You've chosen what you choose to marry as your self-worth. And the problem is we should have been finding our identity in Christ. Colossians 2, 9 through 10 says, um, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him. Colossians 2.10 tells us we're complete in Christ because all of God is in Jesus Christ and everything we need is going to be in him. But the problem is we've tried to place our identity in our attraction. You're not, whether you're homosexual or heterosexual, that's not your identity. And we have to remove that because that's why a lot of people, when you mention the sin um, that comes out of this, a lot of people feel as though you're attacking them. When in reality, we're attacking the sin, not the person. You know, so that's why I want to make that clear. But we need to understand that we can't be in ministry. I can't, you know, Tavares, I'm, you know, I'm an ordained minister. I can't be in ministry thinking it's okay for me to gossip, slander people, talk bad about people, mistreat people, don't be kind to people. And then because I'm not a homosexual, that God is pleased with me. And that's the problem. These people are feeling as though Man, I'm doing everything right, but that's the only thing, you know, in the Bible, it seems like God may be against. Why is it that everyone else gets to get away with sin and we don't? And if you are a homosexual, you know, you're a person with those desires and you feel that way, I want to be clear. No one gets away with sin. I know in today's day and age, everybody goes to heaven. Everybody just says a prayer and goes to heaven, but that's not how the Bible worked. There is no one who in the Bible who said a sinner's prayer and accepted Christ into their heart. God has always been about, John 3, he told Nicodemus, you must be born of water and of spirit. You must be born again. But he also instructs us how to live. So it's not even a matter of a one moment. It's a matter of a conversion, a transformation that happens throughout your lifestyle. So I want you to understand that while you may be a person who does not have this struggle and you're condemning those in that struggle, make sure you're not walking in a in abusive relationships and you're abusing people and you're gossiping and you're slandering and you have pride in your life, you have jealousy or you have any lies or make sure you don't have any lust in your heart, even if it's for the opposite gender, because God isn't pleased with that either, you know? So just throwing that out there, you know, this is a bit of a heavy intro, so I'll probably throw in a, a, a sponsor's break right here. <laughs> now, if you're a person who constantly struggles with falling asleep or you're a person who, when you're starting your day, you're probably rushing for your phone, maybe that's just for social media, I want to suggest to you the Abide app. So it's a meditation app that's based off scripture. So as you can see, that's here on my phone. And then right when you go on it, there are so many different topics and subjects that you could not only learn from, but help you just to recenter and get back focused on God. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. And people have reported less stress because of this. Even if you're a person who only believes you want some type of white noise that just helps you focus when it's time to study, sleep, or anything along those lines. I believe it's a great help. And for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off their premium subscription when you text 22433, text the word GODLY. Again, that number it is 22433, GODLY. Get started um, with 25% off your premium subscription by texting that number, texting GODLY to 22433. You're going to get additional stories, meditation, different music, soothing sounds, whatever it is that you're looking for. But I believe it will be a great help to get you back centered on your day. Peace. But I want to start this episode off with making it clear. God does not have a sin scale. You know, many of us, we view it as, uh, you know, little white lies. And then fornication is the real sin. You know, I grew up in a church era, whereas I think my church did a great job for what they you know, for their understanding and what they did. But unfortunately, there were times where, you know, and fortunately, not unfortunately, but there were times where you knew somebody was in public sin. You knew 
such and such was sleeping around, hey, you're going to be sat down and that's not church hurt. If you're mad at your church because they disciplined you, then you just need to grow up. But you'll be sat down if we know you're just out in blatant sin. Not you made a mistake, but you're in blatant sin. You'll get sat down. Hey, take a few months to get your life together because you shouldn't be in ministry sleeping around with the church. However, people were sat down because they got pregnant. People were sat down because they were homosexual. People were sat down because they were having sex um, and, and the church found out. But people were not sat down because of the, the sins that God sees, the lust in the heart. So a lot of people are active in ministry with a heart full of perversion. A lot of people are active in ministry with a heart full of pride. God isn't pleased with that. You know, comment below if you think God is pleased. You know, God thinks you're a better sinner than the homosexual. You know, I want you to understand that this is the way God views sin. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not the homosexual has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not the fornicator has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not the prideful person has sinned and come short of the glory of God. But every person that you've ever met, including yourself, at some point, you've fallen short of the glory of God, meaning God had a standard for you and you didn't live up to it. God doesn't tell us that we have a different set of, um, there's a different heaven depending on the level of sin. There's a different hell depending on the level of sin, you know, but we've all fallen short. But with that being said, I want to make it clear so you know where I stand, even if you don't care to listen to the rest of this video. I would hope you do, even if you're a person who struggles with this. Homosexuality is a sin. Now, I know it's not popular for me to say this anymore. I know of many of these progressive Christianity people who don't even believe in the Bible. They don't think the Bible is God's inspired word. They think the Bible is a word from God to inspire us. Two different things. God's inspired word means this is God speaking. I must obey. But if you think it's just oh God trying to give us inspirational stories, then you'll just read Psalms and Proverbs your entire life, but you'll never read anything convicting out of Romans. You'll never read about holiness. You'll never read about sanctification in, in 1 Corinthians. You'll never read about God saying, come out from among them and be separate. You, we don't want to dive into it because of progressive Christianity. There are a lot of churches that are trendy, but they're trending towards hell. Yeah, people have recited sinners' prayers and no one has been transformed. Is that God they're serving? I don't know if you know, cultural Christianity is actually biblical. Anywho, no matter what these trending TikTok pastors tell you, I've shared a video, a reaction video of one who's openly homosexual and he tries to say the Bible um, is not against it. The Bible was against people in incense and taking um, incest and taking advantage of those that are younger. That's not what the Bible said. Flea fornication says flea pornea. All forms of sexual perversion is what the Bible tells you to avoid. And it mentions homosexuality, and which I want to read this verse to you guys for you guys to understand now. So 1 Corinthians 6, for those of you who are going to get a Bible and actually try to grasp this. And I want you guys to understand this. I'm not trying to be too loud or too anxious or too preachy or any of those things. I want you to grasp this if you're struggling and grasp this if you know others who struggle. Because I want you to understand how to be patient with them, loving with them, but also be blatantly honest with them. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. through 11. Know you not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So in that word where it says, don't be deceived, it lists off some people where it says, who's not going to get into heaven? I know a lot of people think everybody gets into heaven because they went to church. Not true. 
but it makes it clear. It says those who are, um, what's the word to use? Effeminate. Yeah, you, you realize how close it is to feminized men. Um, that word in the Greek means a male engaging in same gender sexual activity. Uh, it goes on to say a sodomite, you know, and other things. Um, but I want you to understand that in the Bible, it makes it clear that if a person is in that lifestyle, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So a lot of people are just looking at it like, well, see, that's that's the cue. They're going to hell. Now, I need you to understand the Bible doesn't tell us because they're in that lifestyle, it's time for us to condemn them. It says, Paul goes on to tell them in verse 11, and such were some of you, but you are washed and you are sanctified and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So Paul tells them, when you see a homosexual, you have to understand that that's a person that's not going to the, um, not going to the kingdom of God. But that was you if it wasn't for God's grace. You would have been in the same sins as these people if God didn't have grace on you. So for all of you church people who made these people feel as though uh, they're the scum of the earth, it's only God's grace that, that you're not in certain sins. It's only God's grace that you're not in a crack house. It's only God's grace that you weren't the person that was abused. It's only God's grace that you're not the person that was confused. And because of that, you should be thanking God for his grace, number one. And two, you should be praying God has mercy on them. You should be praying that their eyes get open to understand that while they may desire that, that's not God's best for them. So it's so easy for us to judge them. But this is something that God wants us to do. Galatians 6 and 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So instead of me judging them, I should be able to help them find the right path. And that's the problem. We don't help people find the right path. We just start talking about them in our group chats. When did when did the church become so much about looking down on people? You know, many people that they look down on you just because of things they've heard. They don't even know if you struggle with that, man. And it's crazy because I say stuff like this and people think I hate gays. I have so many of them that I hang out with from family to work to school because I'm not looking at any of you guys as though you're a better sinner or a worse sinner than the next one. You need God's grace no matter what. Because hey, even if that's a person who they're waiting for marriage. They're heterosexual. They're not doing anything that the Bible is clearly, you know, like blatantly against. But if they don't know God, if they don't have an actual relationship with Jesus, guess where they're headed? Not to heaven. And that helps us put things into perspective because we have to understand God wants people to be saved. And if we're so focused on ourselves, we're so focused on pleasing ourselves, we're so focused on, well, how do I, you know get my way or we're just so worried about us we're not worried about other people it's like so many people are lost because we're having these debates you know but let, let me leave a quick break for another sponsor now a word from our sponsor better help now it's very difficult to choose who you want to marry when you've been so used to dysfunction and toxic relationships your entire life but in reality many of us we don't know how to spot that because there are a lot of hidden issues within ourselves that we need to unpack and we need to heal from now, many of us, you may have gone to church and you haven't healed. Why? Because you probably need a professional, a counselor that can speak with you so you can get to the root of why you keep ending up in the same relationships over and over. If you're that type of person who desires a healthy relationship, a godly relationship, and you know you have some things that you need to fix, I want to recommend BetterHelp to you. I believe that they're a great resource because they're completely online. It's affordable. They'll pair you with a counselor. And if you're not even interested in that person, they can switch you to someone else. It makes the process extremely easy for you. So when you want to be a better problem solver or a person who's choosing the spouse that you're going to marry, therapy can help get you there. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Godly to get 10% off your first month. That's B, that's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. Peace. So this is something that I've heard in the past, right? This is something a lot of people, because they're so anointed and spiritual, they can easily believe that this is true. It says, if you are a Christian, you wouldn't struggle with same-sex attraction. I've heard people say that. If you're a Christian, you wouldn't be struggling with that. How you how you mean to tell me you got the Holy Ghost and you still dealing with that? You know there are people that say comments like that? And it's number one, it's insensitive, and two, it's foolish. David was considered a man after God's own heart, yet he's the man that the Bible is showing us in adultery, hiding the baby, hiding the fact that you just violated that man's wife. So David, the man after God's own heart, because just because you have a desire for God does not mean your flesh is not out to destroy you. So there's a lot of people, I need you to understand that's a myth because your flesh is not your friend. Ooh, so I need, I need one of y'all to tweet that or post it in your story and tag me before I forget it. But your flesh is not your friend. Stop thinking that you can engage in just a little bit of perversion because of just a little bit. The Bible says a little leaven will leaven the entire lump. Meaning once you allow a little bit of sin to get into your life, it can become very destructive. I need you guys to understand that. So when people say, if you're a, a, a Christian, you want to struggle with that, that's not true. What is true is because you're a Christian, God gives you grace to overcome that. Because you are because you are a Christian, because you do have the Holy Spirit inside of you, because you have been delivered, because you have the power of the Holy Ghost, that means you have the ability to deny your flesh. Because you can't deny your flesh without God. But Jesus says... In John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because there's a lot of people that say, but I love God. I'm sure. You know, man, this cologne stain is irking my nerves. I should have noticed that before the video. <laughs> but people say, I love God. But in reality, they love their idea of God. Now, I want you to understand this. God doesn't want you to love him on your terms. Look, look this video in the in, straight in the face and look at me when I say this. God does not care for you to love him on your terms. Let's look way back at Genesis, um, Cain and Abel. Abel offers God a better sacrifice than his brother. Cain just seems to give whatever Abel gives the first fruit. You know, he gives the best type of gift and God is like, ooh, I like that. I like that from you, Abel. But Cain, nah, not the best, you know, doesn't really make a big fuss of it. And Cain is a bit mad and... God lets him know, like, hey, there's no need for you to get angry, man. When you're angry like that, sin is creeping at the door, wet, ready to, you know, to have its way with you. All you had to do is give a better sacrifice. Instead of Cain realizing, I just have to do better, Cain gets mad at the person who is living right. Now, many of us, we don't want to love God on his terms. We offer God what we want to offer him. We obey the verses we want to obey. We are holy in when it's convenient. We are righteous when we're at church. We are modest in the church building. Um, you know, we're, we're speaking in tongues in front of everybody. Trash as ever when the church isn't looking. God does not want you to love him on your terms. And the reason I say that is because there are a lot of people who are struggling with homosexuality. Um, and I'm saying struggle because I believe that that is a fight that you need to overcome. Um, but there are a lot of people who are struggling with this and they want to love God. They want to serve they're not willing to die to the flesh. They want to proclaim God's truth, but they're not willing to die to the desires that are in them. Now, I'm not saying this because I want to bash the guy. I won't, I'm not going to say his name, but if you're listening, you probably know what I'm talking about. Popular singer. I, I'm not really. 
not really a fan of his. Not, nothing against him personally. I'm just not a fan. I don't know much of his music. But ladies go crazy over this guy. You know, well, they were before they found out that he was of the other, you know, of the other side of the team. You know, he posts his workout pictures. And that's probably the reason I never followed him. I don't like guys feeling the need. Because I, if I'm going to criticize women for being immodest, I believe men need to be held to the same standard. And we must be modest in the church as well. But this guy shows muscles and all those types of things. And girls be in the comments going crazy. I'm looking like, boy, you know what you're doing. It comes out that somebody um, in his close friends reposted um, a video of him kissing with his boyfriend. And that's why you really need to be careful who you trust because he thought he could trust people in his close friends and clearly someone exposed him. But it was the fact that this guy, a talented singer, traveling the world and singing about God and preaching and doing all these things. And I want you to understand that God doesn't care how much you sing if you're not obeying his word. First Samuel says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obeying what God tells you to do is better than your giftings. Many of us, if you, especially if you grew up in a black church, you can say a lot of times we had choir directors and a lot of people who were worked in, I don't know why they were always in music, but we had a lot of choir directors and music directors. And I've seen it in so many churches where it was so many men struggling with homosexuality. And then we overlooked it because he was so gifted. But let me tell you something. You can overlook your sin, but God doesn't. God holds people accountable for that. Leaders that ignore it. And for people that continuously live outside of his will, listen, comment below if this is too heavy. I promise the episode is not going to be long, um, but I want you guys to understand that God does not overlook sin. We don't have a, we don't have a God that, yes, he's merciful. Hebrews says we have a God that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. God is so merciful. Like if God were just waiting on you to make a mistake, listen, we'd all be in hell. You think God is up there? Oh, the moment I see Tavares lusting after that girl, boom, he's dead. The moment I see Tavares lusting after that guy, boom, he's dead. That's not how God operates. You see, but we need to understand that God still has a standard. The standard doesn't change depending on the country you live in. God's standard doesn't change based off the church you go to, the denomination you're in. God's standard doesn't change because it's the 21st century. God's standard doesn't change because Netflix tells us it's normalized. God's standard doesn't change because now we have a pride month. God's standard doesn't change because of any of these things. Just because you see a rainbow in, in kids' commercials does not mean God has changed his mind. You know what God's standard is? It's holiness. Set apart. Not being like the world. Not being like what the enemy is telling you need to be, but being who God has called you to be. And God hasn't called anyone to sin. And homosexuality is a sin. So I want you guys to understand this. For those of you who are looking like, Tavares, I get that, I get that, I get that. I'm not acting on it. I broke up with my boyfriend. The ladies are saying, I broke up with that girl, but I have that struggle. I want you to hear me when I say this. Being tempted is not a sin. Now, this was part of the reason why I realized I needed to do the video now. Um, because like I told you guys last week, it should have been a guest. Um, I'm planning on doing an interview with the guest soon. But I had to do this episode because I saw a video going viral and it says, you know, they were talking about temptation not being a sin, but then they led on into some more stuff that was just far from biblical. And what was scary was that God was a pastor. He had no Bible to support the things he was saying, but he's a pastor. Alarming. Um, but I want you to understand while being tempted is not a sin, temptation leads to sin. The Bible says when, you know, um, if you read in James, that lust will bring forth death when it's completed. Um, but I need you to understand, when, when you're attracted to someone, that doesn't mean you sinned. When you start thinking about that attraction, 
I'm a male, so and since we're talking about homosexuality, um, it's not wrong if I saw a guy, man, that guy's handsome, that guy's cute. It's a problem when I'm like, man, I wonder what it'd be like to be with that guy. I wonder what it'd be like. I wonder, and that's how homosexuality is. While you didn't act on it, you didn't text them, you didn't DM them, you didn't touch, you didn't touch them, you didn't sleep with them, but God saw what was in the heart. So we have to be careful because temptation will lead to it. Your body will always pursue what your mind is looking at. What your eyes are looking at, your body's going to pursue. What's in your heart, your body's going to continuously go after. What's in your mind, your body's going to pursue after it. So when we start acting on that desire, when we start meditating on that desire, it is sin. Many of us get tempted to do sinful things. When I'm te- when I'm cut off in traffic, I'm tempted to say a lot of things I shouldn't be saying. I'm tempted to go up and you know, pop the trunk and pull out the strap. You know what I'm saying? You know, people people disrespect me all the time. And I'm tempted to do things. And I'm a guy, I don't have homosexual um, desires. But that doesn't mean the enemy couldn't tempt me to think it. It's up to me if I allow that temptation to sit in my mind. You see, it's easy for me as a heterosexual person and be like, well, what kind of stupid thought is that? But God sees the same level of perversion when I'm looking at that girl I'm not married to. And thinking thoughts that I shouldn't be thinking about her. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And you see, that's why I say we have to be careful because we make these people, because they have homosexual thoughts, feel as though God doesn't love them and because, and they can't be saved. But I need us to understand that the enemy is not after your car. He's not after your career. I know everybody will say like, he's after your family. And yeah, he is. You know, he, he come to kill, still destroy. We know that. But the number one thing the enemy wants from you is your mind. Because there's so many people that are in church that are not in God's will because the enemy planted seeds in their mind. So many people that are married, but they can't have a functional marriage because the enemy planted seeds in their mind from even when they were kids. So many people don't know how to have true intimacy um, sexually with their spouse because the enemy has planted things in their mind. The enemy is after your mind. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When the enemy tries to attack you, he tries to put things into your mind. He tries to plant seeds into your mind because if I can get a hold of their mind, they're going to eventually act on it. There's a lot of people... That, well, yeah, I'll use this example. There's some people that I've met um, who, who who said, man, I, you know, I think I'm think I'm gay, you know? And I, I know of a youth pastor one time that said to one of the young people who said to him, and bear in mind, you may say the youth pastor is insensitive, but if you knew the kid, you'd know he wasn't insensitive. But the, the kid is like, I think I'm gay. And he's like, no, you're not gay. Um, girls just don't like you right now. And he was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> because that kid, he wanted to get at every girl, but because he couldn't get one, he assumed, well, I guess that means I'm gay. Um, but that's what happens to a lot of people. They're confused because things aren't working out for them. I've seen so many people that get their hearts broken, and now all men are dogs, so she's she has to date girls. All women are going to do this to me, so now he dates guys. And it's perfectly normal to love the person of the same gender. But the enemy tries to pervert 
the, the love that you have for them. John, David told Jonathan his love for him exceeded his love for a woman. That didn't mean he was attracted to him. I heard a homosexual try to use that as an example. I said, no, it just meant his brotherhood was so strong, it's closer than his friendships with his wife. That's all that was implying. So God has no problem with you loving your same, loving somebody with the same gender, but you have to understand you have to allow God to tell you what true love is because the enemy will grab a thought and plant it into your mind. And once he has that, it's a huge problem. Now, somebody, um, for those listening, you may say, but God loves everyone. God does love everyone, every last one of us. But don't you know that God will love you while you're on your way to hell? The Bible says God loves, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, um, John three sixteen. But despite that, the Bible makes it clear that hell is real, which means that God loves everyone. But some people just aren't going to turn towards him. You understand what I'm saying? So I need you to understand that. I, th I believe it's Psalm 14 and 11. I should have wrote it down. But the Bible makes it clear that God is angry at the wicked every day. It says God hates the wicked. God God has a problem with with, with wickedness. God, God has a problem with sin. You know, and a lot of times we're, because we want to be so, we want people to be so receptive to us, we're not honest. But this is a subject you can't beat around the bush with. Um, and I would hope no homosexual that's listening to this would ever felt attacked at any point. But I want you to understand that when God comes for you, he comes for you in any state that you're in, whether you're sick, whether you're in sin, whether you sell drugs, whether you're prostituting your body, whether you're attracted to the same sex, whether you've killed people, God comes for everyone just the same with the same amount of love, mercy, and grace. God is not looking down on you, but God doesn't leave you in that sin. Um, let's think of Paul. Paul was killing people. His name was Saul and God changed him. God didn't leave him that way, even though God loved him. Um, Zacchaeus was a thief. Thief, he was stealing people's taxes money. Um, and Jesus changed his life. I believe that's Luke 19. Um, we see the woman at the well. Jesus is like, I must needs go through Samaria, only to get to the well and confront the woman who was sleeping with everybody's husband, had all these husbands and can't get her life in order. Um, sounds like some of us, you know, sleeping around and, and trying to find love. And God is like, man, the one you're with ain't even your husband. And she's like, oh, you revealed all this to me. And then God showed her, you know, who he truly was. She became a witness to all the people in her land. But now she went from a woman sleeping with everyone to an evangelist. I need you to understand that when God brings grace into your life, it doesn't excuse your sin. A lot of people think they can sin because God, God is merciful or God gives grace. No, God changes you by his grace. So I don't know what sin you're in, but nah, mercy, mercy is supposed to bring you out of it. Titus 2, 11 through 13, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. <laughs> and we are starting to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We shall live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. So how do I not go back to it? I need you to understand this. That's a question I'm, I'm going to get to right after. It says that grace came into this picture to, turn, to instruct us to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. So when a homosexual meets God, God is not worried about are you a homosexual or are you heterosexual. He's worried about turning you away from whatever sin is in your life so you can live in a way that pleases him, live with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to him. So many people are going to ask, how do I not go back to it? It sounds simple, but it's, it's actually easy. It's only difficult because our flesh doesn't, we don't want our flesh to die. But you have to guard yourself. 
I know of a guy, God did a quick work in his life. Within a week, he looked completely different when he came to our church and he got saved. But he still worked in the environment as a hair salon and he was always around homosexuals. I mean, women who entertained, um, you know, him living that lifestyle. He went right back to it. You have to guard yourself. Don't put yourself back into compromising positions. Many of you guys listening, you're attracted to men. Stop texting men if you feel like you're attracted to them. Stop or stop pretending you're not and be willing to be vulnerable enough to say, pray for me. I'm struggling with this. I know accountability is scary, but it's needed. A lot of you women, stop hanging around to other women who's who's catering to that that desire inside of you. You have to get away from it. And I want you to understand this because I've seen this issue so many times. Dating someone or even marrying them. I saw that once too. Dating someone or marrying somebody of the opposite gender does not cure perversion. You have to be delivered from it. There's so many people that try to use their spouse to cover it up, but it doesn't mean you're actually delivered. You're just hiding it, you know, but you actually need freedom. So when people ask me the question, like um, I'm going to title the, the podcast, can I be a gay Christian? To me, that's just such an oxymoron that it's not even, it's, I, don't even I don't even like having to answer that. Um, because in my head, that's like saying, can I be a Christian that fornicates? Same thing. Um, can I be a lying Christian? Uh, what about a gossiping Christian? Can I be a prideful Christian? What about, uh, oh, there's a meme page. I, I don't know what the page is about, so I'm not criticizing them, but I hate the title of their page. But it was like Christians who curse a little, something like that on Instagram I saw. I don't know the content. Maybe it's a good page, but I hated that cat, that title. But it's the fact that what is a Christian that curse people out sometimes? You see, Peter was a person who, and I understand we're all in the process. Peter cut a guy ear off. He probably was aiming for his head. So that shows that you could be a Christian and have a flaw, an anger problem, you know, an itch, a lust, whatever it is. But as we progress in the scripture, Peter was the one who said, be holy for I am holy. Peter is also the one who stood on the day of Pentecost on, in, in the book of Acts that spoke about speaking in tongues, that spoke about receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, how everyone needed to repent and, um, and be baptized in Jesus' name. Peter was the one who did all of that after trying to cut a guy's ear off. So I need you to understand the Bible doesn't always show Peter as the guy um, with an anger problem, but now it shows him as a soul winner. Now it shows him as a, as a preacher. Now it shows him as somebody preaching holiness. So if you're still struggling with the same issues, then it makes me wonder, are you growing? Because Christians who fornicate a little bit, listen, you can say God knows my heart, but God will know your heart as you head towards hell. Listen, man, I've, I've already come with grips with, I'm never going to be the biggest YouTuber because I'm the most plain. I don't, I barely get speaking engagements. And I got, I don't know why when nursing school started, so many people reached out um, now to get us to do speaking engagements. But it's like, I promise you, Safa and I will love to you as soon as um, school is out. But I need you to understand, we cannot just serve God on our own terms. There's a sacrifice that pleases God. There's a sacrifice that God doesn't care for. God does not accept everyone's worship. Everyone may lead praise and worship, but God is not pleased with it. Everyone may preach. God is not always pleased with it. Everyone could podcast. Everyone could write books. Everyone can get married. That doesn't mean God is pleased with it. Everyone can normalize some things. Doesn't mean God is pleased with it. So I think we're asking the wrong question. You know, we need to know... We need to stop asking what, how can I honor, how can I live in sin and still make it into heaven? That's what we're basically saying. But we need to say, God, what is it that I can let go of to be closer towards you? And what is it that I can hold on to to get me closer towards you? And if it's a sinful relationship, which homosexuality is, then that's something we need to let go of. Jesus said, if you let me keep my commandments, 
He didn't say if you love me, put it in your bio. He didn't say if you love me, um, go master, you know, have perfect church attendance. But if you love him, you should obey him. What if I have thoughts and I don't act on it? It's just thoughts. Jesus said, if it's in your heart in Matthew 5, then it's just the same as committing to act. Romans 12 tells us, be renewed in the spirit of our mind. So we can't be conformed. Man, and I know I spoke in great detail, but there's so much more that's going to be on this inside of the book. Guys, I don't know what you're waiting on. I'm checking those numbers, and I see how many people look at the YouTube videos, and it ain't proportionate. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to need y'all to go pre-order some books for those of you like, it, it doesn't relate to me. Buy it for a friend. Buy it and just leave it on your bookshelf like you do the rest of your books. I know how y'all are. But love you guys. I'll see you next week. Please comment below and let me know your thoughts on this topic. Can you be a gay Christian? What do you think?